You're listening to the Farming Fix podcast, the podcast where I, Martin Kavanagh, speak to innovative farming people about what's new in the ever-changing industry. In this final episode, we hear from directors Niall and Gary about the evolution of EasyFix. I suppose the first thing for us, Easy Fix, interesting name. Where where did you guys come from? Where did this whole product piece? Every, if I'm associating Easy Fix, I'm thinking about rubber mapping. Is that the start point, or where where, where did you start? You want to take it up now? I suppose it was actually only recently we were talking about the the name Easy Fix in a, a branding meeting, and you know, I say if we were doing it all over again, you probably mightn't use that name. But at the time, it was uh, it was applicable to what we were doing because um, my father started off literally experimenting with putting rubber on top of cattle slats on our farm at home in Galway. And this is nearly 25 years ago, or probably is 25 years ago. And, you know, tried mixing granules with glue and putting it on, but of course that didn't last very long. And getting the strength was very important because obviously it's under, it's a high pressure environment for any product to underneath the pen of cattle. Um, so he continued to develop in, in various different forms from screwing in onto slats and tying onto slats, etc. Until eventually he came up with a model which had two strips of rubber with a gap in the middle, which let the, the muck down. And there was a rubber wedge, which was hammered down between the gap and the slat. And that's what wedged the mat onto the slat. Now, compared to all the previous attempts he had made to attach rubber to slats, this was very, very easy to fix onto the slat. Okay. So that's, that's actually where the... Uh, Name Easy Fix came from. Easy Fix could be anything now. I mean, I think there's a child seat brand out there somewhere in Europe called Easy Fix. Uh, so, as I said, if if we were to do it all again, we mightn't choose Easy Fix, but we're married to it. It works for us. It's recognisable, and I think everyone associates us with the brand now. Um, sure, sure. And and like when we look at that the slat mat or that uh, the slat rubber, Gary, what sort of proportion of your business is knocking around that still, or uh, wh- where is the evolution from that? Yeah, it's, look, it's still a huge portion. And both from, from day one, we started off with the slash rubber and then it diversified into cow mats and we do, do some equine rubber products as well, uh, walker tiles and stable mats and that. And I suppose, you know, where was it all born out of it? From going into farms, Easy Fix, we're just programmed to look at maybe problems or, um, you know, especially when it comes to welfare and comfort, how can we address this? And we're, we're in, just in the business of coming up with solutions that would give a farmer peace of mind, really. Um, and that it just stemmed out from we realized that we had opened the door for ourselves with the slat rubber, and there's plenty of other areas we could apply the same principle to um, with a, a lot of success. Because if you look maybe 25 years ago when this is starting, and I know it's, it's not fair to say that farmers wouldn't have welfare primarily in their mind, wouldn't have used that word, but and it wouldn't have necessarily been in the consciousness even though the farmers are so heavily invested in keeping their animals right and keeping, keeping things right. Have you seen a revolution in that? Or is that, is that something that the awareness in farmers is, is, is just coming out strongly? I think awareness is the big thing, Martin, really. But I mean, you know, I do sales training with all our agents. We have over 125 agents around the world. And uh, one of the things I say is actually what a point that you kind of made there was that going back 25 years ago, of course, animal welfare is a priority for every farmer. But I always say to the, to the guys in training, back then, it was such a, a revelation to get cattle off the land and into a shed during the winter where the dung is being captured underneath. So you had no cleaning out, no bedding, um, and you're getting them off the land. So land's not being poached. It's easier to feed them. I mean, the advent of the slatted shed was a huge, um, 
uh, leap forward for Irish farmers. And they were at that stage, that was the that was the thing, and they were really satisfied with the result they were getting. But then, of course, problems arose in terms of lameness, thrive, injuries, all that. And um, you know, when we started off with the rubber, it, it wasn't necessarily a priority because it was relatively new concept. And uh, I think, and our motto always was do a pen and see how you get on uh, back in the day. And uh, we'd always try and encourage a farmer, do one pen. And I, you know, and after that, I can absolutely guarantee you that farmer will be back next year to do two more. And he might do two more the year after, he or she, of course, might do two more the year after. Um, and what we find nowadays uh, for probably the last 10 years is that the rubber is as important in a slatted shed as the roof. Uh, so it goes in at building stage. It's just become the norm. But to be fair to ourselves, uh, give or, to give ourselves credit, should I say, uh, I think we helped change that mindset uh, in, within the farming community that this is something that's really beneficial. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's literally flipped the mindset that, that it's probably even more important now than other aspects of the shed. Sure, yeah. I, I find it always fascinating dealing with the farming group. If they, if they latch onto the value, within something it, it, the business will will grow organically with that farmers farmers really take on an innovation when they see that result when they put their hands in the wounds with the result and cost actually is not the issue there if you were to say gary like if you're looking at things farmers have taught you down through the years i might give both of you a shot at this but gary you might start uh, one or two things that you've learned from dealing with the farming community in this space well, I suppose, firstly, we're, we're, we're very lucky to be dealing with the farming community because, you know, anything that's got, that has happened, you know, be it market-wise or, or uh, in relation to things outside of, outside of farming um, that you can't control, the farmer is so resilient and everything the farmer does will go back into the farm and is for the farm. Uh, they are as much interested in improving the welfare um, and being as environmentally conscious as anyone. And if you think in the grand scheme of things, you know, the last 20 years, the, the revolution between, you know, levels of comfort and levels of welfare on farms to what they are now, it's really a, a very small snapshot and a massive progression in a short space of time. So I suppose to answer your question, we learn everything from, from the farmer, really, um, especially the importance of comfort. And when we have installed a job, the feedback we get from a farmer is even though the, the value in it is really um, important and it, it, it's, it's always a great success um, and every product we design has a payback, there's no question about that. But it's never, that's never the feedback we get from the customer. The customer's feedback is always, look how comfortable this cow is. You know, it's all about, the, we've no more lameness. I've never gotten a cow stuck in a cubicle that easy fix installed. This was a common occurrence before. So um you, you learn about a lot about their motivation and and that drives how we design products and want to design products as well i really like the comments you learn a lot about their motivation because i think unfortunately farmers get quite a bit of bad press around this there's always kind of the bad piece you know the welfare is poor or we use slats and all that kind of thing but if you if you take it in the round and what we've learned in a relatively short space of time we have to remember where we came from where we're going to and that journey and the development of it is is important rather than saying We've hit a finite point of, you know, we're done here. We're, we're by no means done yet. If from your point of view, Niall, you're, you're out actively, actively selling, selling into farmers. 
learnings for you from farmers yeah not i, I don't i'm not really i'm not on the road anymore martin but i can okay we're, we're going to take you off i can office assure job. you that uh, yeah i have a cushy office job now but uh no for years i mean as soon as i left college i was put straight on the road and even while i was in college and even younger than that again doing shows and all that kind of thing become any good until you get experience under your belt so experience i've like plenty of from a young age um, so one thing, you know, from a personal level that I certainly learned was how to deal, how to do a deal, because when you're dealing with a number of farmers every day and they're trying to get the best price off you and they're really pushing you, it, it, it makes you improve your sales technique, first of all, to get the message across that this is not all about price, but eventually it gets down to price. And that's when you have to be sure. able to, you know, find a level where you're both comfortable uh, and not to be soft because farmers are hard dealers. Uh, you have to learn to stand your ground and you have to find that point where you know that they really wanted enough to go to this point and you want the sale enough to go to that point and that's where your deal is struck. So definitely uh, doing, doing deals and uh, learning to negotiate was something that I, you know, I think really, really stood to me and that was all learned on the road. Yeah, it, it's one community that certainly has that constant ability. We used to have a, a farmer so I worked in and it was called Chops. Because he always said, what are you going to chop off that bill? And you kind of have to have a grudging respect for that. Is, is yeah. that is that the farmer will look for, look for value in, 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 in sort of, in sort of uh, every sense of it. Yeah, it, it's 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 an interesting area you're in, lads. You're in this whole ag space now and you're you're dealing with this comfort and the welfare. Right? Um, it, have you a vision in there? Where, where do you think, even within the context of the Irish guys, the Irish guys in a seasonal system, what's your vision in there around, around, around your products? I'll have a go with that anyway. I, I suppose uh, our vision, for me anyway, um, I want EasyFix to be viewed as the company that contributes most to animal welfare, animal comfort, and the reduction of emissions on farm, because I think we are the best positioned and we have the best products to do that. So that's the, the overall vision. Um, and I, we want to be world-renowned for that. Okay. And if I take, take the piece, I, I, I can get the animal welfare and the comfort. You, you specialize in the bedding, the plastic cubicles, the softer, forgiving environment that, that, you're, that you're creating. Niall, tell me about emissions. What are you doing there? That seems to be a little bit of a, a segue for you. Well, it is. But look, we um, obviously it's very topical. And uh, about 18 months ago, we got the opportunity to acquire a company in the UK, which was in this space. And it was in the space of, of aeration. Okay, So what attracted us to that company as opposed to any other company that's bubbling slurry, right? Because that's the most basic form. We were impressed by the results that this particular technology um, gave in terms of reducing ammonia and obviously methane. They'll all reduce methane. But it, reducing ammonia and that's what attracted us to it so we approached this company we worked with them for a while we eventually acquired the company and there's a obviously a transition period there where they still work with us in a, in a certain capacity in terms of uh, knowledge transfer and that so that was our first uh, dip into the into the um, slurry technology sector going really well for us we've developed the product even further obviously we're in a very good position to market the product you know to to get the uh, the benefits of the product out there and at a time when farm emissions are a hot topic very very hot topic um it's a good time to be kind of spreading that message 
uh, we are looking at other slurry technologies as well very very innovative slurry technologies very scientific they're not released yet um but their trials have been hugely successful and um you know so the the it's, it's a space that we're really really uh, excited about even though i don't like using that word it's a bit of an american phrase but it's it's really really big here in easy fix itself we've put a lot of investment into it uh, we've we've hired a few people well a few more than a few people in that area so no it's it's going really well and of course if you come back to the most practical form of reducing on-farm emissions is by having your in, in a beef situation for instance is having your animals on a, on a comfortable floor because you're finishing them quicker less days to slaughter and uh, obviously with the likes of our sdr product which is the smooth top one with the rounded back on it that gets your urine and your feces into the tank quicker uh, so as a result, you're, you're um, reducing your ammonia loss, uh, you're reducing your nitrogen loss. So um, in terms of the quality of the slurry as well, um, you know, the, the nitrogen retention is up 50%, even with the aeration system, we call it. Uh, so that's a huge, and that translates into money for farmers, especially now at a time when costs and, and fertilizer has gone so bad, so high. Sure. I mean, it's interesting that, that nitrogen or ammonia is talked about as a, as, as a waste contaminant product almost to a certain extent. But actually, if we hang on to it, it, it and getting real useful use out, out, out of that nitrogen, is a lot of this, did you get into this area because of your experience dealing with plastics and rubbers and all that kind of piece? Was that the driver for it? Or did you just see this as an advantageous opportunity as an add-on to your business? Again, as I said, it's the topic at the moment. And uh, we knew from trials that we had done in Europe that our slatted flooring uh, products were already giving good results. So we were in the space already, you know, we slightly moved into that space due to the fact that the, the slatted, the rubber flooring was giving, giving some results in reduction. So, you know, we wanted to develop our, our presence in that space. And um, uh, that's kind of where that came from. Yeah, really, complementary you know? existing yeah, range. Yeah, complementary. Yeah, exactly. Complementary our existing range. It's part of it of a, of, a, of a farm building at the end of the day, which is what we kind of specialize in. And um, yeah, we felt we had the people and the resources to go at it. And it's you know it's the it's the thing to do, to to develop right now because you know from it's it's we're going to be all forced to reduce our farm emissions anyway. So let's start. Let's start now. Yeah, I mean, I mean to to be perfectly honest, I mean the way I see it with your products, you're in the building. You actually have, uh, and even though you're looking at the environment of that building for for the animals, you're seeing the positive effect. It seems to make sense that with your knowledge and experience of actually dealing with that slatted tank environment, and even even when when we look at it, the the innovation of slats, as you were saying before, was a game changer for an aspect of the beef industry. And now we're getting into the next step of it. So you're improving even the quality of what's coming out of that tank as well. Is it you know there's a there's a huge opportunity in that. If you were going back again, and, and we're all wisdom in hindsight, and you're saying, okay, is there an area you would have stayed out of, stayed in, developed slightly differently? Uh, what, what would have been your sweet spot 10 years ago, do you think? Uh, well, look, I mean, this, we've, most of the things we've done to date have been, uh, or most of the things that we've got right to date have only been got right through mistakes that we've made. Um, and, you know, one area that really broke our hearts for years was the pig area, because we were, you know, a long time trying to come up with some, a flooring solution for under pigs, which is, you know, uh, it's something that's, that's quite important. And uh, they are so hard to, to work with, because no matter what you do with them, they'll eat everything and break it. It will destroy it. They're just, <laughs> their destruction capabilities are unbelievable. 
Um, so that was one area that we certainly learned a lot of harsh lessons from. Uh, I don't think there's any space that we actually dipped into that we re regretted. Uh, you know, take you know, our equine is a lovely business in its own right. It's 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 only you know at the end of any year it might be five to eight percent of our turnover. Um, but it's still a really nice business in its own right. Um, you know, so I we dabbled a little bit in a few few construction products, and we still do. Um, so you know, nothing has ever really uh, been bad to us that we've that we've tried. Um, but maybe not some some things wouldn't have developed to the level that you would have liked them to. And then you have to know when to say, right, enough is enough. Let's shelve this and concentrate on the things that we're good at and uh, and develop those further. Everything comes from from learning. You know, we didn't set out day one and, and and dad certainly didn't set out day one with a, a business plan and this is exactly how i'm going to achieve it you know you learn so much you know we didn't realize the benefits early days of the slatter where we didn't know what it was going to bring up so you learn so much with um with experience and if we did make mistakes i think they made us humble enough to be able to admit when we've made a mistake or we're, we're wrong and address it again and I suppose the thought process behind how we develop every product has been the same throughout. And, and sometimes that can lead you down a, a route where you make mistakes. You know, the, 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 the how, what and why. We start from this inner circle out. We go with the why first. You know, why is this required? You know, we want to make the animal more comfortable. We want to have the most comfortable mattress in the world. That's why we're doing it. Then how are we going to do it? And then the what. So we never design a product thinking about well, what's it going to cost us to make it? We look at what's needed first and then work from there out. And, and that can be a risky route to go, but that's the way we do it and we continue to do it that way. Yeah, I really, I, I like, Gary, the kind of the broad statement is interesting. I know we went through experience with, a, we touched off this a little bit, but it, it's interesting, uh, the piece of even that broader statement. We wanted the most com comfortable mattress, or we are, we have the most com comfortable mattress in the world. And some people think, you know, that's aspirational and we shouldn't say things like, but I think really, really nailing that piece first when you, when you set your mind to it. The other thing I liked, uh, Niall, is the, um, probably is the next question, advice for other business owners in the ag space. You're very clear there. Know when to stop. Know when to say, okay, I'm wrong here. Uh, are we good enough at that? What do you think in your opinion, Niall? Develop another business in your own mind, but are we good enough at that? A lot of it depends on whether you're a glass half empty or a glass half full type person. Sure. So the glass half empty person will pull the handbrake a lot quicker than the glass half full person. And we have that mixture of personalities um, here in Easy Fix. Like dad might be the glass half full person, I'd be the glass half empty person. So he might stay plugging along at something for a, a year after I would have pulled the handbrake on it. And, you know, he could often turn out to be to turn the corner somewhere along in that journey. And sure. then it starts to work. But uh, yeah, sure, look at, I mean, when do you pull up on something? I suppose when it's cost you too much and it's it's not, uh, you know, the, the trials that you're doing with it are failing. And, you know, when you hit a wall, you just have to say, look, you know what? We might revisit it in a few years when we have time. Uh, but right now we have to concentrate on the products that are making money for us. Um, sure. So I don't think yeah, a lot of it comes down to your personality when you when you would stop, I think, really. Of course, your resources as well. Yeah. You haven't got the money to stay going. But I think if, 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 your, if your pride has outlived your uh, logic, it's time to pull the handbrake. That's my opinion anyway, because uh, so I've seen it. We've seen it so many times with, with other businesses. And when you're too proud and you're not willing to let something go, don't emotionally attach yourself to it too much because at the end of the day, you're going to have to make a logical decision on it. Yeah, but, but it's okay. And, and in your situation, like very clearly a strong family business, 
have you yourselves evolved that way a little bit that you're able to call those shots a little bit better? I suppose as a family, we've evolved just like the business has. Um, we've a good dynamic between us now. And that doesn't mean it's all sitting around the campfire singing Kumbaya or anything like that. We have, <laughs> we have plenty of rows yep. and we have, and which is good. Like, you know, there's a good bit of grit between us, but we know once we walk out of the office, we're back to normal and we're, you know, we're a family at the end of the day, you know, and that's, that is the most important thing, but we're well able to argue our, our points and our corners. And that is the environment that's in easy fix throughout, not just within um, ourselves, um, that you can have your say and you can have an argument and we're still friends at the end of the day, but we're, we all know the, the end goal is to, you know, do the best for the company here. Yeah, look, and I see that, like the, the goal-driven piece, the, the, the humility piece, but yet the motivation to drive on. Uh, I, I, I find those are, and if I was looking at those advices to other businesses, startups, or people who are, who are in the middle of it, having the humility, but yet maintaining the motivation, I think that would be important. Yeah. Um, and farmers teach you it very quickly in that space. Yeah. They will teach you fast. You know, it depends. Like, I mean, you know, advice to businesses with things change too as your resources uh, become, you know, financial resources become more available to you. Um, so, personally, if I'm developing a product, my personal motto is I'm not worried about what this is going to cost. First thing I have to do is develop a really good product. Then I have to worry about the price or trying to see how I can manufacture it a bit more cost effectively. Um, and also you have to obviously see if, the, if, if there's a demand for it in the market. Now, if it's, if there's a, if it's a good enough product, there will be a demand for it. But in the early days, we would have been very price conscious about what this product is going to cost mm. to manufacture and to develop. Uh, not to mind sell because, you know, when, when our brand wasn't as strong, it's, it's harder to sell stuff. So you have to be more price conscious. But now that our brand is strong, there's more resources available to us. We have more time to develop stuff. We're not trying to rush stuff onto the market to try and make a few pounds to get the thing rolling. You know, we have the, the backing and, um, you know, so that's, you know, in terms of advice to other businesses, my motto is don't worry about the price. Make sure the product is good enough before you go to war with it. And uh, if it's successful with a product and you can make it obviously more efficiently and in, in bulk, you'll get the price down a little bit. But if it's good enough, the market will take it. And just to add to that for the, the advice for, for um, businesses, I suppose, um, you can never, ever put enough emphasis on the importance of a good culture within the business. because we don't have a big turnover of staff here. And I know, you know, there's plenty of companies that do, and they're in different fields and that, and that's just the way it is. But I can't imagine what, it'd be, what, what it would be like to work in a place where there's a big turnover of staff or that people aren't happy at work or there isn't a nice culture. I mean, um, with that, that's where the innovation really comes from. Because when you have a good culture, you have a willingness to contribute. People don't just come to clock in and clock out. They, they actually want to do a good job and they want, they're proud of where they work. They're proud of easy fix. You know, some people that come in, outsiders that come into business think that's unique. We don't feel it's unique because it's, we don't know any different. Um, but it's, it's very, it's a nurturing environment and an environment that uh, allows you to, to, to grow and, and express your opinion and that kind of thing. So we really are going to maintain that always an easy fix. And that culture, I do believe, actually extends out to our customers. I often see it at the plowing championships in the stand. Sometimes we have a, a, a sales rep there, Iggy Daly, who's a... He's, he's very well known out there, you know, and you'd nearly have to just set up a little stage for Iggy on his own with people queuing up to see him and meet him because he's such a big personality. And that is, that, that's easy fix, to be honest with you. So often we have farmers next customers are, are, yeah, customers, I suppose, that come in just to say hello. And it's a lovely culture. It's lovely to, to see that, you know. It's a very positive product. That's the one thing I'd say about it in terms of, 
it is a caring product. It's an empathy product, but it's a positive product. And yes, you have the grit of selling and, you know, and so on. But, but there's a huge positivity around it because of its positive result. You're going to have to give Iggy now an extra commission for getting it mentioned on your podcast you and driving business. You commission to mention them. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Guys, if you're looking for a situation now, we're looking at the future of easy fit. 10, 15 years, and a lot has happened in the world or is happening in the world. Um, you're in a good position. I, I hope you see it that way. But what's in your mind? What, what are you thinking of, Niall? What are you thinking of, Barry, here? Look, I mean, I think we're in a really good position, regardless of how the world goes in terms of economy or in terms of, you know, whatever. I mean, unfortunately, we're in a terrible position now with uh, the war, etc. But and hopefully that doesn't get any worse. Costs are a huge issue currently for farmers, uh, for everybody. Um, but I think that the, the type of company we are, I think we live a great resistance to that type of economic, you know, to an economic bang, if you want to, for want of a better description, because um, we're in a space of food production, which is extremely important and it's becoming more and more important every day. The world has to eat at the end of the day. Um, people now know that by increasing the comfort and welfare of their animals, performance increases. Um, that performance is translated into output, which is translated into money. Um, so, you know, I think we're, we're in a position to, for the business to really, really grow in the next 10 years to a, to a major global brand within the agri-sector. Um, and because of the type of business we're in um, and, and the products that we're producing, and in it, we're innovating every day. Uh, so I think, uh, you know, the future is very bright and I do feel, hopefully I'm right, that, that we, can, we can resist the inevitable downturns that do come in agriculture and in the world economy. Um, I think we can resist that by the fact that we're providing something that's becoming more important and uh, ever more necessary on farms. Yeah, we've, we've a good enough foundation put in place to cope with it. And I suppose over, over COVID, you know, uh, let's say COVID was 2020. And since 2019, we've taken on approximately 30 new, new employees, 29 new employees to be specific. And we're still in the market for more. And every last bit of it necessary. Um, our infrastructure, we're increasing our infrastructure here. And, you know, everything that EasyFix is doing right now is going back into the business and into um, sustaining that growth because it's very important to grow internally. While the business is there and it's growing externally, to cope with it is really, really important and to make sure that we can provide a good customer service and the best products. Yeah, I mean, I, and I think you've hit in a couple of words there, lads. I mean, that, that sustainability within internally within your business, that, that it's, it, it can survive the shocks, but also the fact that you, in fairness to farming, farming is, is resilient, uh, and, you know, but even without huge opportunity, the, the steadiness, the underpinning of farming can, can keep a good business sustainable. And I think that's it's something that we need to think about, even with the farming sector as well. Personally, that's what are you getting out of it? Niall, besides the results and the big fat paychecks you rightly deserve at the end of every month, <laughs> Look, it's what fun. are you getting out of it? What's keeping you? What's getting you up in the morning? What motivates us, in, in all honesty, and you know, people slag you and all that, but it's not, it's genuinely not money that motivates you. Obviously, it's nice to be comfortable. Um, you know, we're, we don't overly spoil ourselves, but um, it's, I always say, it's the winning feeling that 
kind of motivates you and you know it's the feeling of yeah you know i, I hate losing uh, i hate losing a job maybe that comes from my previous sales experience or whatever but um that's kind of what motivates you on a on a daily basis long term then of course um we have our own visions of where we want our company to be and our families to be uh thankfully we were lucky enough we had a little girl in last march we have another baby boy coming in november so my focus of course is changing slightly as well and your priorities change um but no you know it's 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 kind of all about the the, fa- the family in the future and uh try and keep easy fix winning <laughs> that's my motivation gary what's driving you um well i suppose it's it's kind of similar i suppose in a way but as I spoke about the culture earlier, earlier in that, and uh, like I just walked in, the, in this morning and three of the lads um, met me at the door and, and we had a big laugh about the jacket that I was wearing. Do you know, it's, you know, there's, there's a, there's a, it's enjoyable coming into work because you're kind of with your friends and everyone's on the same page and, and, uh, and rowing in behind the, the easy fix machine, you know, trying to, to make sure everything is done at the end of the day. And like with the family thing, it's important to have to be able to spend your evenings switched off and free uh, of, of work and, and your weekends and that. So you, you work to be able to do that as well. Um, but behind it all, I suppose when it's a family business, you just have this thing in built in you that you just want to succeed. You want Easy Fix to be known as not just the best out there, but a nice place to work and best products that are making a positive contribution. There's a lot of pro- products out there that people sell and they make loads of money, but they don't actually make a positive contribution, you know? So we feel like we're making a positive contribution to the world as well. Yeah. Okay. So definitely, lads, I'm going to take a couple of key things from this. The one thing you've talked about a lot is the culture internally within your own business. And I think that's something that's comes across very strong. And I think anytime I've had any dealings with your being on the premises there, uh, it, it, you see it and you see it very quickly within companies. I don't think it's not put on, it's not false. I think your culture is very genuine. I, I think I've always heard from you, Niall, that winning piece has always been strong with you. I think that, again, it, it contributes uh, to the success w- within a culture. I think it's enormously important. You're very sustainable business. I think you've positioned yourselves extraordinarily well. And I do like the fact that your business is um, is underpinned. It's underpinned very, very strongly by that care welfare piece. Well, yes, you're a commercial entity. Uh, you're you're interested in profit, both the farmers and your own. But the the underpinnings, I think, of that business is, is incredibly strong. So after 25 years, I can only wish you continued success to capitalize on the on the success of the uh, original attempts by your dad to get that rubber stuck onto a slat. So it's a fair achievement in terms of his uh, persistence and his, and his own winning desire. So I appreciate your time, guys. I hope you enjoyed the chat. Thank you. Cheers. Really enjoyed it, Martin. Thanks very much for having us. Thank you for listening to the Farming Fix podcast. If you enjoyed it, please leave a review, rate us, and don't forget to subscribe. Thanks very much.